Jeremy, I have a bit of a social question for you. All right, lay it on me. I'm the king of social interactions. Exactly. You are the king of social interactions. Me <laughs> being more introverted, not so much, but always looking to step up my game. Okay. My neighbors. All right. We share a, like a, a yard with them, and there's a fence dividing. Yeah. But I can see what's over there. I okay. can't. Going out there a couple days ago, can't help myself from noticing that there is a new little uh, shrine erected in their yard. Okay. Shrine slash grave. An animal, oh. cat or dog grave that has been dug, and then just all kinds of things around it. Okay. So picture. Are there kids? There's kids. Okay. Now, I just don't know. I never even noticed that they had a dog or a cat before. Right. Um, but picture a mound of dirt, little wooden cross, rosary, all kinds of dog. It must be a dog because there's a dog leash and stuff. Really? So it's clearly in my line of sight. Do I bring <laughs> it up? Do I talk mm. about it? And what's your theory uh, about burying your animal in your own yard? <laughs> well, definitely bury your animal in your own yard. I remember when we buried our, our poor hamster, and our hamster died. Pretty hilarious story because we greased his squeaky wheel with WD-40, and he <laughs> licked it. <laughs> Poisoned him. Dang it. Should use vegetable oil. Bit of a oil. bad move. Yeah, then we used vegetable oil from then on in. Hey, but uh, no, I think you definitely should uh, bring it up at, at some point, you know, and then ask them their favorite memory of their dog. Once you get the story, say, Hey, nice. I noticed this thing out, uh, out back. What's, uh, you know, did, uh, did an animal pass away? And then they'll say, yes, it was our poor dog, Teddy. And then you can say, Oh yeah, I remember seeing Teddy run around. What right. was your favorite memory? And then they'll have this nice nostalgic moment and then you can give them a hug. And, right. uh, and then that's it. That's great. That I maybe don't give them do a hug. That. I probably won't <laughs> give them a hug. I mean, they're kind of like teenage boys, but yeah, whatever. That's great. Thank you, Jeremy. That could be a column, social advice with Jer. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> I just asked you hilarious social questions. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Thanks for coming back and listening to another episode of the Open Road Podcast. My name is Jeremy Enns. My name is Calvin. And we are here to help you find more adventure in your everyday. That's what this podcast uh, is all about. And we explore that uh, through a number of different uh, ways. We have cool content on a website. We have these podcasts where we interview interesting people. And we even have... Um, you know, some of our recommended items to increase the amount of adventure in your everyday. So for the next, you know, 45 minutes, hour, not sure how long this episode's going to be, but, you know, you can expect that by the end of it, you might be a little bit inspired to have a little more adventure. But that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah, they better be inspired. <laughs> also, don't just stop with the podcast. Go to the website and yeah. uh, check out all the links that uh, we put down there of people we interview. Go check out their websites, their stores, whatever they do. It's pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, you know, follow us on the socials. We have a pretty live Instagram account. Follow the people who are uh, who we're interviewing because all of that stuff will just help you know keep adventure top of mind for you as you journey with us as we do this podcast. We are merely a stepping stone. Yes. All right. Adventure starts with you. So come up today. We got a good friend of mine. Him and I were uh, roommates way back in the day. And yeah. uh, his name's Jeremy Worley of the Worley Co. Worley Co. And he's from Colorado. So Colorado. Uh, another kind mm. of, you know, international perspective, as I like to say. <laughs> California. Beautiful. Wow. Uh, um, and so we're going to kind of dive into some thoughts on commerce and entrepreneurship and Calvin and I were thinking a little bit, and in some ways, you know, both of us are, um, you know, either, you know, entrepreneurs or self-employed to some degree, you know, Calvin a little bit more explicitly than myself, but it's definitely an interesting adventure every day when you are, you know, responsible for your own income. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you and I both coming from entrepreneurial families, I mean, does that just mean we have kind of the bug or like, does that give us more drive to want to do that? It's not called the bug, Calvin. It's called the entrepreneurial spirit. Spirit, yes. I learned all about it in business school. Yes, the entrepreneurial spirit in which you possess. I think we both have it for sure. Yeah. Um, How long have you been running your business now? Uh, This will be my third year. Your third year. And um, have you seen it like grow pretty much year over year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah? Yeah. 
uh, w- within reason. I mean, I've I haven't really put any proactive like I've never done any kind of marketing or advertisement for my business. Uh, right. It's purely been word of mouth, and that's kind of it's worked out quite well for me. Yeah. So, hmm. and me wanting it, wanting to just keep it small and keep it quite simple for now. And it's making you know you guys enough money up for where you're living. Yeah. Millions. Yeah. millions and millions yeah and for me being uh in sales you know basically my um income is directly tied to how much i sell so while i absolutely have a boss and i have a you know a big machine that i'm i'm helping to feed it's been some some there there have been many great lessons in uh you know entrepreneurship or you know making it kind of on your own because again i'm you know directly responsible for the income that i make yeah. Or now uh, it, your commission, is that how it works for yeah. you as a salesman? Yeah. Kate and I were, we, were, we were car shopping in the city yesterday. Okay. And just like being in that environment of the the car salesman in the dealership. And I'm just okay. like, I'm just cringing for a few different reasons. <laughs> one of which I just feel bad for those guys that are like so desperately trying to get the sale. Right. It's just, uh, yeah, it takes a real special person to want to do that. Well, it's pretty cut, cutthroat, eh? Well. I think it's totally cutthroat. Yeah, like guys just all over me, like sharks. They see me. Well, because uh, just because I think the industry as a whole, like there's so many cars that you can buy, oh, and for sure. they're all like really cheap. Like brand new cars now are like starting sometimes under fifteen grand, which isn't crazy. So like yeah. the margins got to be low. So these guys got to probably pump out a lot of volume to make a lot of money. Yeah, I think so. What were you looking at? Um, like just small SUVs. Oh, nice. Yeah, for Kate. Nice. Yeah. Do you think you guys are going to go new? No, we, we, we will go used. Were you looking at new ones, though, to see what you wanted? No. No. You, you, oh, no. so you were even at a used lot? Uh, It was a new... It was both. Oh, it was both. It was at, nice. like, a dealership, yeah. Nice. That have both, yeah. So, kind of one thing um, that Calvin and I have both thought a decent amount about, especially, you know, being pretty early in our careers and being kind of self you know, needing to be self-motivated and, and relying in many ways on our, um, you know, again, on our own stuff to make our, our money. It reminds me of a really interesting thing that my grandfather taught me many years ago. So he started our family business, um, which is a battery and tire shop that my dad took over in 93. And I spent many years working there, but you know, he had some, and I mean, maybe this even came from my mom. This has come from lots of people, but the whole idea that, you know, your two hands can only make so much money and really right. they can't even make enough money to, to really get ahead. Right. Which I is sort of such an interesting uh, theory that he's like, well, an interesting conclusion. Yeah. And, uh, and view of business and, and, and yeah. So as a, you know, a, um, you know, a guy who was really using his hands and he started in factory work, um, you know, the pull for him to become an entrepreneur, to be his own man is, is because really, yeah, he, he was seeing that if he wanted to raise a family of four kids, his two hands weren't going to, weren't going to be enough. So he started selling batteries out of his, you know, back shed that he had recycled and right. refilled with acid. Um, and then he had another brilliant thought where he was like, wow, you know, cars have one battery, but they actually have four tires. So Ooh. why don't I start selling tires as well? And so that's how he kind of got into that. But it was all based on this principle of, you know, my two hands can only make me uh, so much money. And, you know, that's that's really how you start to scale a business is to have other people's hands making you the money. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it's just, uh, yeah, I feel like the snowball just uh, starts rolling down the hill from there. Yeah. Well, you know, it's all, it's interesting though, right? Cause obviously risk starts to increase and there's all of those oh, yeah. different questions. Like have you ever, and... have you ever thought of continuing to grow and like take someone on? Yeah. Like this has kind of been the first year where I've had to really think a lot about that. And so I've had, to, I've turned work away just to avoid that as much as possible, but right. it's just, I don't know, man. I, I, I definitely think I'm now ready for it, but I just don't know if I really want to pull the trigger on it. Yeah, and with I, I just—it's just that that weight of responsibility of me then providing for this other guy. Totally, and it's also hard to find. Like, I just really want to find another me, right? And I just—I'm one of a kind, baby. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I can't find another me. I know that's the problem. Well, that is true, and I think that really, you know, nicely sums up that the whole, you know, the whole challenge or the whole like tension between growing and scaling a business versus you know kind of being content with what it is 
Yeah, I mean, it's been kind of nice. I've been able to collaborate with other guys that are in my field and we'll do a big job together, which yeah. has kind of been a nice way of doing it so yeah. far. And they're qualified as well as I, so it's kind of nice not bringing in someone. But yeah. you know, who who cares more about your own business than yourself? It's hard to get someone else to for have sure. that same motivation you carry. Totally. Do you think it would ever work for you to like have someone who works contract for you to like, you know, check cottages and do all like the some of the some of the maintenance stuff that you got to do for for your clients? Um, yeah, that's what I would definitely want to do. Right. So it's like you pay the person but by even the just job. Bring in someone as a laborer for me would be the most ideal situation. Oh, really? Yeah. Just for bigger jobs. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, that's definitely definitely interesting. You in, in especially being in Muskoka and like having your property management, I feel like most of your days are adventures. Would you say so? Yeah, like because you're because you're like driving all around Muskoka with your truck, yep. picking stuff up. Like, are do you find you're pretty calculated in what you do, or you're kind of fly by the seat of your pants? Um, I don't know. Like even today, like Sunday, I had to go and meet two clients, and it was kind of like a bit all over the place meeting these kind of like. Just seems to be like a lot of funny people, right? That I end yeah. up working for and pretty <laughs> eccentric characters. So, yeah, no, it it does seem, yeah, little idiosyncrasies that people have. Yeah. What do you think is like the least adventurous type of work? Ooh, uh, I don't know. The least adventurous type of work? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe like just like crunching numbers or something. Yeah. What kind of came to my mind was like being a government worker, like in yeah, a building. Probably not very adventurous at the DMV until someone like slams <laughs> into the building. <laughs> so, so I was renewing my license the other day, and oh really? Because and you're over eighty? <laughs> no, because the my picture expired. You know, your license expires. You should probably check that, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I did mine last year. Oh, good. Uh, what are you eighty? <laughs> no, sure. and um. So, so I'm like pulling into this parking lot and I'm, and I see a sign that says you got to pay for parking. I'm like, are you serious? Like I'm renewing my license. I would have to pay 80 bucks and now I still got to pay for parking. This makes no sense. So I walk up to the parking machine and there's this, this government worker who's helping the guy in front of me, who's an older gentleman, like work the machine. And the guy who was the older gentleman, he didn't seem that old. It wasn't like he was 85, had no eyesight, and right, didn't right. know how a credit card worked. But this guy like took his credit card, put it in, like punched all the buttons. And <laughs> as, he's, as he's doing this, he looks back at me and he says, don't worry, sir. I'll be with you in a moment. <laughs> and I'm like... What what do you need to do for me? I just want He's to pay the card for my guy. He put your card in for you. <laughs> so this guy finishes in front of me, and then I like. He's like, "Oh, is that one of those chip cards or one?" I was like, "Yes, like every card out there." He grabs it out of my hand, sticks it in the machine. He's like, "Sir, how long are you going to be here for?" I'm like, uh, "Hopefully not more than twenty minutes." He's like, "All right, hour parking minimum." Clicks it, like lets my card go, like pulls it out, hands it back to me. He's like, "You're all set." Just he lifts the receipt out, passes it to me. Just put this on the dash of your car. And I'm like, <laughs> "Why so, in the world is he doing that?" Hey, why in the world is he doing that? And why in the world are my tax dollars going for some dude to help people with the the pay yourself pay your own yeah, parking? Yeah, do it yourself, <laughs> idiot proof machine. <laughs> like. They specifically don't have those toll booths there so that they don't have to pay a person. And here's this guy out there helping me with the thing. So anyways, I saw him inside later. That's definitely not his full-time job. But I thought it was so funny that he's helping a 20-something to pay for his parking. I was like, this is just like, I appreciate the service. But at the same time, like, what are you doing? (laughs) Self-ticket booth attendant, minimum skills required. Yeah. And he's, you know you know helping as a revenue stream by making two bucks an hour per car in the lot so yep (laughs) that is awesome so anyways i think there's lots of adventures to be had with your profession and especially when you think of what it's like to have adventure in your everyday you know your job is a huge part of that so yeah for um, sure it's kind of nice for us both that we have a decent amount of control over how we spend our time but in other ways that's you know provides a bit more of a challenge and sometimes it's hard to keep motivated but Mm -hmm. no i agree so, I mean, just getting back to our guest a little bit. Yeah. Whirly. The Whirly man. He has done some interesting stuff. Yes. Like, I didn't, I didn't realize that, uh, did we get into this in the interview? But, like, this isn't even his full-time job. 
No. So this was that was pretty crazy. So we've yeah. been getting like the marketing emails from his company, the Warley Co. And there's like beautifully branded, you know, T-shirts and really cool stuff, all with a the theme of adventure. His his motto is goods that do good. And so he's you know, the Warley Co. is connected to all these cool charities where he's donating a bunch of the profits. And then on the side, he started this other really cool co-working mm-hmm. space in Colorado. So yeah. he's just doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into all this in the interview, but uh, yeah. yeah, really neat. And it's just everything he does is very well done and looks gorgeous. Yeah, and absolutely. He just, uh, yeah, he's done it. It's very. It was kind of inspiring for me and just seeing how uh, how he's fitting all this in. And it's all kind of above and beyond his uh, eight to five, right? Yeah, so I think he's a really good example of what it's like to create a good amount of adventure in your everyday or take on new challenges. And mm-hmm, exactly. um, he's a creative, so it's cool to see someone who, you know, is not just a creative who's bumming around, worried about what their next idea might be, but he's like out there and he, it seems as, you know, he can't stop creating. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's awesome. All right, well, let's uh, let's bring him on. Yeah, let's get into it. This is Jeremy Worley from The Worley Co. and Welcome Fellow. All right, we are here with uh, my old good friend, Jeremy Worley of The Worley Co. Thanks for coming on the podcast today, Jeremy. It's good to have you with us. Thanks for having me, guys. Man, we really appreciate it deeply. Of course. Anything for Calvin. Thanks, dude. When's the last time we chatted? Like seven years ago? Yep. Yep. All right. Yep. Yep. Is this actually the first time you guys are gazing upon each other on Skype in like a long time? I think so. I think the last time I saw you was uh, it was in England in uh 2010. Wow. That's it, man. You're right. Calvin and I have been getting a lot of mileage out of his friends from from school. They're all really interesting (laughs) people. Like, man, like my friends have done so well, and I just haven't. (laughs) It's really discouraging. All his friends are so cool. Jeremy was really dragging me through the mud about that. So thank you that I can still, you know, they'll still throw me a bone once in a while. My old friends come on for an interview. So we're here today to talk a little bit about uh, commerce and entrepreneurship. And we we think it would be really cool to sort of explore your story and your journey. So why don't you start us off by telling us a little bit about uh, what is the Warley Co. and what inspired you to start it? Worley Co is uh, it's cl- it's design. Um, it's oh, you know the hope is that it's design that does good. Um, so that happens through uh, physical goods, uh, and then it happens through uh, you know lots of digital stuff. So logos and branding and um, digital, you know whatever. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the overarching theme of it and how did you get into that like is that is that your day job and then you've just kind of been uh, messing around as a bit of a hobby to start that yeah so it started uh probably four years ago um i kept working jobs that that paid the bills which was fantastic uh but i just couldn't get like my creative itch out i was doing a lot of design on the side and so then um i wanted I wanted to do certain types of projects. And yeah. so instead of like going after clients or trying to get internships, I was like, I'm just going to make it myself and go for it. So that was really the, the start of it was just to get my itch out and, and to like, there's a really cool thing about having your own jam where it's not dependent upon finances, you know, like you're right. You're, you're not like, Hey, if I don't sell this shirt, I can't eat next week. Like, you know, it just is like way low risk to where I can just do whatever I want and be very like free uh, that way. Right. And then that allows you to take, um, I mean, kind of risks at your own pace, but also, um, I mean, not huge risks. I mean, if you make a T-shirt and it's a flop, no big loss. Totally. And, and it enables us to, uh, you know, like at the core of the businesses we want to give uh, and be involved in, in like helping solve the world's biggest problems. You right. know, like we're, we're going to do it in a very small way, but if we can like chip away at the big ice block, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, a big example is we've worked a lot with a, a company called portal that uh, my friend runs in Nepal. Um, 
and uh, they they provide uh, micro loans via these bikes that create businesses, and it's just kind of a trickle down effect. And oh, wow. we're able to promote them and help them. And you know, right now it looks like financially giving, but hopefully, um, you know, over time it would blossom into something like uh, probably a close ex- closest example is like uh, Crochet Kids okay. uh, out of California. So um, yeah. Yeah, I was looking at you, you have on your website some of those uh bikes. They are really cool. Did your friend design those? Yeah, he uh he made it all. So That is so uh, sweet. Some of the technology was like really old, like from like the early 1900s like when farming was like starting to be industrialized right. and and it was just like you repurposed some of that technology to work like in the third world and work with bikes and they're crazy there's right and like and having the technology that um they can maintain down there too would be huge yeah no absolutely like you you can the his whole like system i think it's called like a pot or or something like you can get everything at any hardware store anywhere in the world that is so cool very well thought through so i'm just looking at your site right now which is the warley.co and under the shop you know, there's like a lot of really neat sort of t-shirts and there's some cool hats and some mugs and different stuff like that and notepads. So when you're, when you say like the Warly Co is design, um, like, so does that mean that you design all of these products or could you also like, would you design stuff for other people or is it both? Yeah. All of the, above. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, I do a lot of design for other people, uh, you know, whether that's like logos or they need uh, a print ad design, uh, a website interface. Uh, but then it also, yeah, it goes into product design um, of the hats and the shirts. And, you know, I don't um, like we use shirts that are created. So we pick the manufacturers and, oh. and what. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, all the all the product design goes through uh, myself. And you are you actually like making the sh- like doing the what is it? Is it silk screening on the shirt? Yeah, and- I I used to. Uh, oh, okay. And I stopped because I'm really bad at silk screening. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's a good reason. That it was wasting so much of my time, and I was like, <laughs> I don't want to do this long term. And I think there are people that are really good at this, like local folks that, that do it. So I use a small company up in, uh, Denver. They're called a small print shop. Uh, and they do great work. They're, they're like eight dudes that just like crank it out wow. and are friggin' awesome. So hey, we didn't even mention where you're from. Uh, I live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. So, uh, near like downtown, uh, Colorado Springs is pretty like wide. It's just a wide, eh? just like it's suburban expanse Ooh. and there's like some really rad pockets and i live in one of those cool. jeremy i've never been to colorado in my mind in my mind's eye <laughs> i think for, when i hear colorado i think a dumb and dumber aspen of course yep next thing that comes to, mind, comes to my mind is it just seems like the outdoor exploration adventure mecca of the un- intercontinental united states slash, u- <laughs> slash right? universe Slash yes. universe. I think, yes. Yeah. Like we, I mean, like hiking, camping, I cycle a lot. Um, is, I mean, the mountains are like five minutes away. Oh, come uh, on. Like I literally like look at Pikes Peak. Uh, if you've ever heard of that, there is a bit, it's a big famous peak where. Have now. Uh, a bi- uh, there's a song, America the Beautiful, big deal in the U.S. of A. Yeah, is that uh, – uh, was that Selena Gomez or was that uh... – <laughs> I don't remember, man. Uh, some old school name. Not, yep. All right. Not Selena Gomez. Moving on. I think you were right though, Cal. Uh, I think I'm right though. We'll, we'll move on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I have nothing to disprove you, so. <laughs> so there's there's a couple other um, – there's a couple other organizations that you work with, Charity Water, which is one that probably a lot of folks have heard of in – Restore Internationals. Um, tell us a little bit about why you chose them, or how you got hooked up with them, and um, what some of the work that you do with them. Yeah, with with um, all of them, it's really low level at this point in the development of the company. Um, so I think it would be 
fantastic over time to build partnerships and and look to get on the ground. Right now, it looks like giving a pretty large percentage of our sales directly to the work that they're doing. Cool. And mm. um, so we've vetted or I've uh, vetted, you know, different nonprofits that we want to work with, um, you know, based on like their their mission, their transparency, their heart. And so Charity Water was one where their transparency is just incredible. Um, I've followed their CEO, Scott Harrison, for a good amount of time and he's just a really uh rad entrepreneur he's got a lot of really cool thoughts and uh i just felt like in the nonprofit space which i'd worked in before um it you know that that innovation is is uh really needed and so i was super attracted to that and then uh restore international um was started by a guy named bob goff oh, uh, no he wrote yeah, he wrote wrote that book. Love does that. I just that book like blew my mind. So um, looked into that and was like, I love what they're doing and and how they're just like just going for it. Sure. You know, like they don't ask permission; they just right. run for it. You know, I think they were like starting up schools for refugees in Iraq when there's a bunch of heat. Might have lost you now. Let's see if it comes back. And we're back. We just got internet here in Canada, right, Jeremy? So Dude, I get uh... I'm so excited for you guys. All right. Well, sorry about that technical drop off there, Jeremy. But you were just finishing telling us up a little bit about uh, Restore International. Yeah, um, we were just chatting about. Um, different nonprofits we work with. And I think uh, yeah. we, Calvin and I kind of went off on a tangent of, of portal bikes was, uh, was a good one um, where uh, I became good friends with the, the uh, guy that started it. Uh, and then that relationship has just developed in, in like, Hey, how can we help you with, you know, we made a shirt that had a portal bike on it. Um, yep. I think that one's on the website. And uh, we made, we got to make a shirt for them. Uh, when the earthquake happened, they were in the thick of it. And mm. it was so rad to be able to help them directly before, like, any NGOs or anybody had even sure. around. Like, they were buying tarps and water. And uh, we were able to directly help that with, with sales and whatnot. So, um Seeing stuff like that happen is is pretty rad. So I have a question about sort of your hopes and dreams for the Warley Co. Because um, you didn't mention this earlier on the podcast, but we were chatting about it earlier. You do have a full-time job. Um, and then the Warley Co., it sounds like you give away a significant portion of what you make from that. So is your dream to uh, grow the Warley Co. To, to a place where you can be doing that full-time? Or are, are you enjoying what it's doing right now and... Um, you know, what are your, what are your hopes for it? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm an art director right now and I, I love that. Um, you know, it's obviously a little bit exhausting, like when you're doing multiple projects, but, um, yeah, I think with Whirlyco, we, we, you know, because we give away so much, we need to do higher volume. Um, and it'll yeah. take longer. You know, I think the goal is to have Whirlyco sustain. I think that would be, rad to just work for myself uh that that would be wonderful um and i think that's definitely long-term play um at this point it's you know taking it being patient and building a a good story and helping people live adventures and um right and just continue building your brand as well yeah like I guess just being, you know, taking it one day at a time and like make the next right decision instead of being like, oh, well, this time next year I want to be doing 250K a year in sales and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like it's like, hey, I'm just going to do what I can right now and we'll see how it grows. And and a lot of it's based on, you know, personal interest. And so Mm -hmm. that's, I think that stunts growth is like that I'm not just I'm not producing stuff that's like uh exactly what people want to buy all right. the, you know it, it's not popular for the masses okay. you know, um yeah. as much 
So, uh, you know, I come from a marketing background, so it's kind of like I'm not making stuff for other people. I'm really just making stuff for me. Right, and if right. Like it. That's I'm so stoked that that they like it. You know. Hmm. Yeah, that's like interesting, right? Because I mean, again, it's for you. It's like any extra time you have, you've got to pour into this. I mean, similar. Jeremy and I, we've just started this podcast, but we're finding similar thing like we're you know we have to make time for like above and beyond our normal day jobs and i mean for jeremy it's it's a lot more work for jeremy than it is me he has a lot more involved behind the scenes work but uh, it's so much more I, it's insane how much more work i do than Calvin. it's it's insane the complaining that no, goes I'm on no i'm not bitter no 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 <laughs> it is really amazing it off to people. <laughs> but okay um, we had a guest on a little while ago. Uh, I think it was Zach Way, who just kind of said that in his life and with hobbies and extra things he's doing, he's having to just to be more focused. He's just narrowed it down to just a few key things that he's really wanting to pour his time into. And ever since like he said that, I've thought a lot about that and just and just kind of in my own life, that's become very important and just something that I definitely need to think about because I can get very distracted by other things coming in and uh, and wanting to get involved with things and I'm sure Jeremy for you you've had to have that conversation uh, as well yeah you, you just have to uh, be super focused and realize that you're gonna trade off you know like I like you're not gonna hang out with friends your, your wife resents you big time <laughs> uh, if if you don't take care of your you know like you gotta, yeah. I think you just whittle it down to like, okay, mm-hmm. what's most important? And my wife is most important. Um, probably my job is next, and then, yeah, I don't know. You just, you just, uh, you say no to a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just read a book. I, I read a book called Essentialism that was just all about not killing yourself with, you know, like it. I don't want to like look back on my life and be like wow, that sucked. I just worked so much. I missed everything. Exactly, right. You know, I want to savor the good stuff. Well, it's funny that you say kind of whittling things down because it sounds like you do a lot. I mean, so you're a full-time art director. You have the Warly Co. And there's also something else we want to chat about, which is Welcome Fellow. And so it's like these are all like major, major yeah. uh, things. But but it, but it seems like you have a pretty good good handle on them. But why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what Welcome Fellow is and, again, what you hope to accomplish with that? Yeah, Welcome Fellow, uh, it, it's intended to be a space of collaboration and uh, creative inspiration. So what that looks like is it's a, it's a, a community co-working space uh, and then venue. Um, so we have, uh, six members, uh, that, that, uh, have like their office space is, is in there. Okay. Um, Cool. And then, and they have 24 seven access and, and they're really, we've, we've catered it towards creative specifically because we, we think that, you know, there's a lot of value in like focusing and, and not trying to be all things to all people. And, you know, it's nothing against, uh, any other co-working space it's just like hey we're just gonna focus on creatives because when when creatives are around creatives like we really thrive right right Hmm. so is he like ideal candidate for someone is that basically doing what you're doing um yeah we've got like graphic designers and illustrators we've got a director of photography uh does a lot of videos and commercials and right uh we have a photographer so she does you know weddings and and all that jazz and then we've got a copywriter as well um and and so it's kind of just like our you know creative taking on different forms we've got another guy that makes apps he's like a He's really involved in in like corporate digital media strategy and uh, kind of innovating on like a really big scale with with corporations and stuff. So, um, so nobody like changing tires out of there then? No, not yet. <laughs> what What's funny is like one of our our co owners uh, he works on motorcycles oh, yeah. and, and revamps uh, old cafe racers and. Oh, yeah. and so- one of our dreams is that we could have like a welcome fellow that is like uh, you could roll your car in and that would be work. amazing. Bring your woodworking stuff in, you know. That would be so cool. Boats. 
Hey now, hey Make now. Build some boats. Man, no, even like I, I've thought a lot about just that idea of like a community workshop. It'd be so sweet. Just like it makes so much sense having all the yeah. giant machines that co- that cost a fortune and you only use them a couple times a day. Like ten guys could all contribute and do that. It'd be amazing. Yeah, it's super fun to like. We'll we'll have you know we've got the six members and and then we also open up the space. Uh, for four days a week, uh, we open it up to the public, uh, to come in as well. So, okay, sweet. Like, you know, maybe you don't want to, uh, you know, settle down and have a space, but like you want to come in, like we have lots of, uh, rad coffee shops in town. Um, but a lot of times they're loud and busy. And so like, Hey, what if we make like a space that's just curated towards like, Hey, come in and work and have Mm -hmm. a meeting. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of value. We were just talking about focus, you know, I think there's a lot of value and let's just focus on and do that one thing. Well, right. And creating a space for it. It's huge. Totally. And in there you do have like a, a little cafe or a little, um, serving area. So do you invite people to take over that space or do you have, do you, do you have your own little coffee line or, or, uh, both we will we'll sometimes do like guest, uh, guest baristas is what we call them and oh, sweet. They'll do like a full takeover. Um, so we just had one with, with, a uh, dude named, uh, Seth, he's got a company called copper kettle and he brings in his own beans and teas and whatnot and does his own jam. And he just takes over the bar. The other times, uh, we just curate all the beans and we use a bunch of different roasters from around the, the, uh, U S and, um, so like we're getting in some today from Portland from a company called heart. Um, so we keep it pretty minimal. So it's just like, pour overs, uh, drip coffee and then cold brew. Uh, so it's just like very, no milk drinks and right. Pretty simple. Yeah. Super simple. Like, Hey, we're not going to try and like, like we're not a coffee shop, so we're not going to try right. and do like an awesome latte cause we're not going to. Right. We're just- no Keurig. So <laughs> <laughs> why no Keurig? Oh man. Cause we, do have you know how many speech. flavors they have, man? Dude, don't you get the convenience? <laughs> <laughs> because why because why what were you about to say there uh no i was saying what like because i i appreciate coffee oh you appreciate coffee and it's not coffee and i i would argue here it might not be coffee it's a debatable fine line um as a total side note the story of the guy who started keurig is so fascinating oh really it's so fascinating he's like this uh, I'm going to butcher the story, but he's basically, there was this inventor who spent like 15 years trying to perfect the single brew uh, idea. And basically right when he almost had it, he basically sold the idea to someone and that's when it like absolutely exploded and someone else made all the millions. And the guy who did like all the legwork, he uh, kind of got left behind, but he was in the end kind of like happy because he saw, he sees all of like the, the waste and the, the, kind of you know the fact that it's not coffee and all that stuff that we do not like about Keurig he sees all that and he's kind of he sees the monster he's created yeah he does and he's like and it's an interesting article you just just look it up it's a pretty cool story to read sounds fishy (laughs) (laughs) one thing we wanted to ask you Jeremy kind of the whole idea of adventure kind of permeates all the stuff you do whether we're reading you know copy on the Warley Coast site or you know, the way that you connect people through Welcome Fellow and connect creatives and open up spaces for people to explore and adventure. Why is why is adventure important? I feel like you got it like it, it uh, adds. For lack of a better word, essence to like daily life, you know, I think it's so easy to slip into just the grind um dude a like, better word that is a perfect word i was about to say that's a good <laughs> word a very good word <laughs> uh it's it's freaking easy to get locked into it um y- you know and so i've you know from day one just been like i, I don't want to take anything too seriously i don't want to you know die over stupid stuff that doesn't matter mm. you know i want to um live live an epic life where I like look back and I'm like wow we did a bunch of great awesome legendary you know stuff and and so I think adventure 
you know, to me is like using what I feel like I'm good at and just like running with it and rolling with the punches. Right. Uh, my friends hear me say, just ride the wave, you know, like, uh, like people look at problems and, and they go, uh, why, you know, and, and I look at a problem and I'm like, well, why not? You know, like, um, so for a, you know, welcome fellow, I think plenty of people, would, it, it, it was started, uh, partially out of a heart of like, uh, me, myself and two other co-founders just, um, we, we felt like the, the growing creative spirit and the like more adventurous, like spirit growing in, in Colorado Springs. But we like, you know, people would complain about like, Oh man, it's like almost cool. I wish we could get this and I wish this could happen. Mm. It's like, Hey, like you can't just sit around and complain. Like if you're going to, you know, complain, contribute, you know? Yeah. But so that, that was, we were like, Hey, let's, let's try and help it rather than just sit around and wish it was something it wasn't. And so Mm. I think all that ties into adventure and it's, it's a, I think it's a viewpoint on life as well. Like Whirly Co. One thing I wanted to just permeate everything was like, just like enjoying every little bit of your life in your day, you know? Hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I focused really hard on, I made a couple of shirts that was like, it's the little things, um, you know, cause I think there's so much value in like, just like listening to raindrop, you know, or focusing on your breathing and be like, dang, that's like a miracle. Like that's legit. Mm-hmm. Or like appreciating your wife's beauty or how she like, helps you out you know or appreciating a friend's jokes like yeah so it was that's interesting that you say that about the rain because today it was it was raining and it was raining hard and i just started to hear the rain on the roof of of the you know of my office and then i walked over to the window and i or walked over to the door and i just cracked the door and i stood there for a few minutes just listening to the rain and then like a couple people like came into the kitchen area where i was standing they're like dude what are you doing (laughs) Like, man, just look how awesome nature is right now. Right. And, like, just think about actually all of the intricacies of what it means for it to rain. And then they're like, man, you're weird and, and right. like, kind of chirping me. But I was like, no, no, this was actually really cool just to hear the rain on the ground, open the door, feel it on my face, and kind of take that moment out of, you know, a normal day just to to, to appreciate what's kind of all around us. Yeah, that's called uh, ADD, Jer. <laughs> <laughs> No, that, that kind of thing happens at work. <laughs> Dude, I know the feeling, oh, man. It's like rabbit. Ra- oh, rain? <laughs> yep, I'm up. I'm up. <laughs> well, like, funny. okay, going back a bit, Jeremy, to what you said before, just about there being, like you talked about, um, finding a problem and then just kind of being the solution. It's cool. Like, you've taken the initiative to uh, come up with a solution to a problem, but it's just, it's neat that you now are in charge of that solution and you can make the calls and and you, with your group of uh, um, the guys you're doing it together with, you can, I don't know, just you can tailor it to exactly, you know, the specifics of the problem and, and just go from there. It's really cool not to just be constantly critiquing someone else who's trying to do it. Yeah, I, I figure at least, uh, you know, if a year from now we close our doors, like I, I have no shame in that. Like, at oh, least we yeah, tried, you exactly. know, hmm. um, we've got a we've got to take a swing at it. I think do it in a calculated way. Um, you know, yeah. uh, don't, I think the, you know, I remember a really pessimistic person I knew was like, um, the way to hell is paved with good intentions. Uh, mm. it was like, they, they would repeat that all the time. And I, I do think there's some validity to that where like, uh, on the nonprofit side, you know, there's tons of good and there's, it's all good intentions, you know, but it's like, Hey, let's execute it in like a really helpful way, like locally and globally. And, you know, like I could be giving 20% of my profits to, you know, charity, but if my shirts are, you know, made in a sweatshop, like that's kind of ironic. Right. It's counterproductive. Right. So it's, it's just kind of being super methodical about Mm. how we're doing it. Um, and I think being like really focused and just thinking uh, small, you know, very like pinpointed is, 
right super key on all of it i'm sure you have lots of different uh lots of different thoughts on this question but if you had to give some people you know a little piece of advice or a practical tip on either how to add more adventure or how to start to kind of have a more open mind for the types of risks that you so so easily and eloquently talk about uh what would what would some of those tips be i think be grateful um i know that like like it might sound weird but being grateful i feel like when like gratitude is is rooted in who you are i think everything becomes so much less scary because you're like hey we you know we, we live in friggin awesome first worlds mm-hmm. like where we're given a billion different chances you know so um I'm grateful I live in a, a city where I can actually start a business and the government's not going to stop me. I'm not right. going to have anyone like break the windows. I don't, you know, uh, it's not a, a sketchy circumstance, you know. So um, yeah. I think gratitude and and living, living like seeking to live each day really well um, and just going like, okay, let's do the next 24 hours. Um so and and I think thinking on the on the same ticket, thinking long term of like, what do you when you die? Like, what do you want mm-hmm. to hmm. reflect on? Like, I had a grandpa that died uh, three years ago, you know, and and that like it, it hit me pretty hard because uh, I would like sit around and just talk to him all the time about his stories and the adventures he lived and um, and like. I want to be like 80 years old and about to die and like talking about really like big differences that we made in people's lives or, mm-hmm. you know, I think innately we're going to have stories just as humans, but I think yeah, we can have super awesome ones if we focus on living, living it well. So I think it's really easy to have a crappy life and just like be ungrateful and live in you know, the society we're in and just be dissatisfied. Right. The conversation, Jeremy, that I am, I hate to be a part of, but I love to be a fly on the wall sometimes is the whole, the whole lottery conversation. If I want, like, I hear <laughs> yeah. that like so much at work and I'm just, I just like cringe so much when that's going on and I'm just like biting my tongue to just jump in there. But uh, I think it's like such a destructive and poisonous conversation and just like, Having it's just having such a small perspective on life and and what you ha- have already here and it's just uh it's very frustrating. Well, and I think that central idea of gratefulness is a really really good one because when you think of the opposite of that, it's you know a dissatisfaction mm-hmm. for where you are. And I think in certain parts of your life there might be healthy dissatisfactions if there's you know things that are um, you know harmful habits or whatever it might be. But having sort of that dissatisfaction um or being ungrateful for the things that you have is like really toxic i think for living uh, a full life and one that has more adventure of it so i definitely like that as a central message of how when you are grateful so much other um stuff flows out of that gratefulness or like you say you know a lot of other things that are trivial kind of fall away like there's a way to be like a middle ground of being dissatisfied, but in a, you know, like there's a right way to be dissatisfied, I think. Right. You know, like, Hey, or the right things to be dissatisfied about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not saying, you know, be grateful about everything and everything's all good. It's like, be totally be dissatisfied and like make change. Right. Have a solution. yeah. Yeah. Like, like try and help it. Like don't, just sit around and complain about it. Yeah. Yeah. Destructive. Man, we've got some good places here. Yeah, this is good. This is good. Uh, Jeremy, on your, on your Twitter, your, your little quick, quick bio intro is, is you say, I like to make things and tell epic stories. So I read that to Calvin. He's like, we got to get an epic story out of Jeremy while we have him on the podcast. I wanted his best short, best story in, in the shortest form, which I'm sure he has on hand. Just, throwing this at him let me think about it you go ahead you think jeremy you want to beatbox a bit for us man (laughs) (laughs) no you beatbox and think he was talking to to you jeremy not me jeremy (laughs) 
<laughs> or even like a latest adventure of something of what you're doing in Colorado besides all the the work stuff and Jeremy and I was just thinking like stuff. how sweet it would be for you and I to like take the RV out to Colorado and then Dude, I'm thinking I like oh mountains up Dude. no uphills no Lily can handle mountains these days man ah well what I never said that <laughs> As long as okay. it's cool, like when it's really hot, then it's tough. Like remember, she was struggling and going down to Florida. Oh, Jeremy's got a story now. I've got a story, and and so I've been biking a lot lately, uh, on my road bike. And I I used to live in Portland, Oregon, uh, where everyone bikes. And so I was. And everyone is cool and smokes pot. Whoa, Whoa. Dude, he's in Colorado, man. Everyone oh, true, pot yeah, you're in Colorado. <laughs> Wait, what's that in the background? Is that a blue vase? This is a weird hazy <laughs> Skype call here, dude. It's like it's the it's the the state scent. Uh, the state it's scent. It's just we... this fog over the whole state. Legislated scent. Uh, so I this was like a near death. Like made me go, holy crap, that was nuts. Um, I was riding my bike in in the bike lane, and this car was turning and freaking hit me. And whoa. And I, I got, and I kept going. And I got super scared because I got hit, and I didn't know whose fault it was. It, it come to find out, like I was in a certain lane where it didn't matter what happened to me; it was always everyone else's fault. It wasn't like I could not be to blame. I was so he, afraid. Did it hit you off your car, off off your bike? No, I I kept going. It it <laughs> hit me. It hit me, and then I it like he stopped, and then I kept going. Uh, and cause I, I was like checking all my, like I'm checking my legs. I'm like, I had to break something. And you're just like, reeling on out of there. That's hilarious. And then I was, and then I got to the other side. It was ironically like at a bridge and he was turning right. I was going across the bridge. I go across the bridge, this car, it was a Jaguar and this car stops. And I was like, holy cow, that was nuts. And I'm like checking myself for brakes and nothing happened. So I just waved at him. Cause I was so nervous and I just took off. Wow. <laughs> and I just left. And then like the next day, you know, when you're like riding in bike lanes, like you've got, you know, you've got, uh, uh, the parking, like parallel parking, like just to the right of it. Yes. Yes. I'm, like, we don't have bike lanes, but yes. <laughs> I'm like cruising through downtown and then I hit the hotel district and like, Tell me. Oh. that was the closest I ever came to dying. Probably it was like, I was like, in, I dodged a door. Oh. Was, oh, I was about to say, I hope you did not get doored, man. And it was, it was so like, it was kind of like one of those big fish stories, right? Like you had to be there because it was so close. Yeah, I, I felt like Neo from the Matrix. Like, That's amazing. Dodge that. Did you? Door. Yeah. Did you dodge around it, or did it open as you passed? I dodged around it. It opened. Nice. I was probably five feet back, and it fully swung open. Dude, uh, I feel like oh. when people get into road biking, you better get ready for some of this because it's bound oh. to happen. You're gonna get hit. You're gonna get you know rammed into or something. Were you wearing a helmet? Yeah, always wear a helmet. There's uh, so little respect it, from the driver's perspective for a biker. Yeah, no, it's very, it's very true. So that's. That's probably that's not my most epic story. I I would have to dig. That's just an that's everyday a, that's story. story. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're alive, and I'm sure those experiences made you feel uh, pretty grateful. <laughs> Thanks, man. Just <laughs> <laughs> laying it on. Thanks, Jeremy, for uh, coming on the podcast today and chatting with us. And and I think it'd be fun to kind of keep up with your adventures. And you, there's probably some interesting people you know who should, who we should chat with. Some of the other creatives at Welcome Fellow, or you know, some of your business partners that we could maybe get a, another episode going in in a little bit. Yeah, that'd be great. Definitely. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, no worries. All the best with uh, all the stuff you're up to, man. Thanks, dudes. Okay, talk to you later, man. Bye. Oh well, that was great. Just so nice to catch up with that guy, and yeah, just see his face and hear his giggle, and yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. Um, he, I feel like we could have talked to him for way longer. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like there was so much stuff I wanted to get in into with him. Sadly, I had to, I had to keep moving. I had a, a, a band practice that I had to get to. Um, so we kind of had to cut it a little bit short, but that was such an, just an interesting conversation. 
Yeah, very interesting guy. Very driven. Yeah. One thing I would have liked to have asked him about since he's into design is um, if he likes the new Instagram logo redesign. Ooh. Does he have Instagram? Yeah, he does. I'm sure. Everyone, everyone's got Instagram. Come on. Yep. Because uh, they did a pretty radical design change. Yeah, I I won't speak too much on it. Just I hadn't. I don't really know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's fine. They but changed anyways, their logo. Yeah, like they changed their logo and the whole look and feel right, of everything. Whatever. <laughs> you might not have updated yet. Um, but anyways, no, it was it was definitely a, a great to talk to him. And uh, we have so many trips that we need to do now, Calvin. Dude, we need to I like know. go to visit Zach and Hannah in California, but go to Colorado, thing. go to Sarnia. What's the thing? You have to do Colorado right, okay? So how do you do it right, buddy? We do it in a sheep sheep uh, sheepdog van. Okay. What right? else? We do sheepdog van. If that baby breaks down, we need a little uh, little moped machine. All right. Now, two mopeds or just one? Just one. All right. <laughs> Heading into the mountains. Any special equipment we need, like to keep warm or anything? I know I'm bringing gloves. Because <laughs> it's cold. It's the Rockies, man. Oh, the Rockies. Man. I would love to go there. It just it sounds and looks beautiful. Absolutely. So maybe we'll have to get down there at some point. So many trips to trips to do. Such a nice sounding town too. And I just imagine, does it look as beautiful as it sounds? Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs. What's their tagline? It's probably amazing. Yeah, I wonder what it is. I kind of want to look it up right now. Don't bother. Yeah. You know what I think is a hilarious and, and dumb tagline for a, for a city? Yeah. Anytime what? I'm driving up to visit you in Muskoka, I pass the County of Simcoe sign. Do you know what it says on there? Oh, uh, it's terrible. Shoot, I don't remember what it is, no. For the greater good. <laughs> yes, for the greater good. How on earth can a county be for the greater good? <laughs> they are, man. Just don't question it. No, I question it every single time, and it just makes me, like, I, I just, I have no idea what that even means. No, it's so ambiguous and broad. And, like, how does a county exist for the greater good? It's like, no, you're you're literally stuck where you are. You're a county. You can't be, like, how yep. do you affect the greater good? They're doing it, man. But they're doing it, and it's the, their it's the, their motto. The small town that I grew up in, I grew up in Paris, Ontario, and the town's yep. slogan or on the sign was Paris, a nice place to live. No. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. It was a great place to live. Yeah, that was a great place to live. I liked your house there. That was a nice house. Yep. Hey, you know what's there at my old house? No. Dog buried in the yard. Ooh. Now, my, did you make a shrine for it? No, my dad did that. So you, I'm not a dog person or an animal person, and you I didn't don't care that your you dog are, died. Uh, we had many dogs growing up, and I think the only the one got the grave. I could Actually, be wrong on that. This but it was maybe, a big property. I hope this isn't like a sign or anything that we're talking about dead pets because uh, we do have a pet right now. Uh, my wife bought a hedgehog named oh, yeah. Gus. Pretty fun creature, Gustav. But yeah. uh, he hasn't been eating in the past three weeks or longer. Really. What's yeah, their so, uh, what's their age expectancy? Uh, kind of like anywhere between like two to four, and we got him at like kind of one and a half. I think we, you know, adopted him from this. This they only live breeder. two to four years. I think so, or on the long side, maybe a little longer. But he hasn't been eating in a long time, so we might need to. It's good that we had this. Do you bury your pet conversation? Because uh, he could bite the dust. Hilarious pet thing. I was at a customer's house today. Are you not even sad about my hedgehog? Not. Uh, there's a hedgehog. <laughs> that thing doesn't do anything. It's like one of those pets that you just, uh, it's a burden. Okay, continue. A, I think all pets are a burden. I'll move on. Yes, they are. Um, this customer of mine, they have this uh, macaw parrot. Amazing. That they bring everywhere with them. That and, is awesome. And uh, thing's like 28 years old. Dude, they are incredible animals. It's insane. So like, this is hilarious. They got it. I think they got it 25 years ago from california and they had it shipped wow. to their house in burlington and now they bring it up to the cottage in this little uh cat crate and they wow. bring it down to florida with them and so i had uh one time like they had left some paperwork some for for uh, to taking it over the border so i was like yeah. looking all through their house looking <laughs> for this bird's passport so they get it over the border into their winter house which is hilarious, That's hilarious. But does it do some talking oh it's like very loud very wow. loud and it's and uh, every time, like you go in and say hello, it always says hello, but in this very shrill, horrible sure. voice. Wow! But uh, yeah, Smart it just perches up on their shoulder and walks around. It can't really Smart fly. Creature. 
Huh. Strange creature. Smart creature. Cool creature. Yes. So, friends, thanks for tuning in to the Open Road Podcast. It's been just a joy to, you know, have another conversation that you listened in on. Yes, it's been great. Um, we love today, it. today we have another uh, track by the band we played last week, uh, Maps. Oh, they're getting a double run. Double run, man. They sent us two tracks. Come We're going to play two. Send us two, two tracks. We're going to get two plays then. Uh, this song is called In the Room and should be uh, a tasty track for you. We enjoyed right. the one last week, so we're gonna gonna play that again. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, send us an email, Jeremy or Calvin at openroadpod.com. We get those, and we really like reading those from you. And um, oh, Calvin, have you been listening to the Bad Christian podcast lately? Uh, well, yes, but I don't know if I'm as caught up as up your, to date. As so up to date. they they are talking about this really cool. One of the sponsors is this cool new app called Spare Min. Oh, and it's on. where you like put requests out to people for a quick phone call on a certain topic, and then it records the phone call. Go on, and then it's like this really cool little mini clip. So what they're doing is they're taking you know questions from listeners, and then like one of the guys will call you. They'll record it, and then they'll put it into their feed. Sweet. So it's like this brand new app, and I'm really excited because I got it, and I'm right on the ground floor. All right. What's it so called? Spare, I'm going to get it. Spare, spare min. min. So maybe we'll chat you and I about how we might be able to use this to interact with some listeners because there's been a lot of cool people who have been sharing their stories with us via email and it would be yes. pretty cool to get them like to do like a little five minute, here's what I'm up to, here's what my practical tip is and to get those on the podcast. Yeah, that'd be great. And it's a really efficient way and like you put a call request out to someone about a certain topic and then you can choose to make the call if you want. Cool. I love it. So it's kind of neat. But anyways, Great that's idea. kind of besides the point. Go to the website, openroadpod.com. Take a look at Jeremy Worley's uh, little post there and enjoy this track by And Maps. hold up, hold up, hold up. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Giveaway. There's Ooh. another giveaway. Yeah, we're doing a giveaway. So we texted uh, Jeremy Worley and we asked if he would toss some swag to our listeners. We bled this said, guy dry. We just kept <laughs> throwing requests at him after <laughs> over uh, and over. Give us photos, give us giveaways, give <laughs> us, you know, a musician you want us to play. Anyways, uh, yeah, so stay tuned to our Instagram account at openroadpod, <clears throat> pod, and we will sh- give you instructions there for how to, uh, how to enter that contest. Sweet. All right. In the Room, In the Room by Maps coming up on the Open Road Podcast. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Yeah.